This should be played at high volume. Welcome to another edition of Gray Area. I'm Ask Isaiah Isaiah Rhodes. I'm back with Frank Tier. And on this episode, we're going to address the the internet squabble or lack thereof between Shaq and Rudy Gobert. It's more so one-sided. But Shaq being a Hall of Famer that he is, obviously he's a huge personality. And everybody wants to hear what he has to say in regards to the NBA, especially when it comes to the modern era big man and I put that in quotation because Shaq has a big distinction between power forwards and big men or mm-hmm. whatever whatever that means but mm-hmm. regardless um he had a lot to say in regards to Rudy Gobert signing uh not a super max but a max contract over 200 million dollars that many people have had some criticisms in regards to his game itself but uh Shaq had a lot to say about his space in the game versus Rudy's so, Frank, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. And, and a lot in regards to how Shaq deals with the new era in regards to players. So, what did you think about how that how, how that materialized? And what, what, are, what are your thoughts on Shaq overall in this stage? I mean, I mean it's as always, it's what's up, Isaiah. Um, pleasure. Um, thanks for having me today. It's distasteful, right? But it's completely in line with who Shaq could have been for the past. 15 years or so, right? Um, just in line with him. It, it's him. Um, it's, he's a bully. And I'm, I could be wrong, but I do believe early in his life, he was a bully, right? Um, around like 13, he was a, fully, a bully. And so his, his, his stepfather, I believe, who was a naval officer um, or, 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 or in the armed forces, like told him, told him to chill with that, right? Um, but I believe he was always the, the bigger kid and picks on folks um, and really dominant, but yeah, he's a, he's a bully. So this is completely in line. Um, you can have your, I think you can have your critique about someone without being this disparaging, um, but he can never walk the fine line, right? Like we all know um, previously, and I know we'll talk about it more, but he had beef for Dwight, right? And say what you want, um, Dwight wasn't as, as good as probably he could have been. Um, you can critique him, his lack of post moves and focus, but um, Shaq oftentimes was unfocused as well, right? Um, and while you can critique without disrespecting, and Shaq always crosses the that that line. Um, so this is completely in in line with who he's been for whatever for however long. Now, just to give you guys some background on a podcast previously uh, last week, Shaq was speaking about Gobert's contract. He said, "I'm not gonna hate." But this should be an inspiration to all little kids out there who average 11 points in the NBA. You can get 200 million, right? And then once that started to trend on the internet, obviously his personality, like I said, is going to generate a lot of traction. And for those who don't know about Rudy Gobert and his space in the NBA, he's an exceptional defensive player. And he plays a huge role for the Utah Jazz in their uh, pursuit of a championship. They're not a championship team, but they're a consistent playoff contender, and he's the anchor for their team. Now, as you go on in the playoffs, he becomes more of a liability because offensive, from an offensive standpoint, he's not really going to give you much outside of the pick and roll and dump offs to the rim. And honestly, defensively, for as much as he impacts their team, teams tend to attack him a lot, regardless of if he's there or not depending on, you know, the, the, the explosiveness of that team. So he is a liability to a degree, but he's very durable. He's consistent for what the team needs him to do, and he earned his money. He's a defensive player of the year two times. He's made uh, multiple NBA teams. He's made a couple all-star teams. So he's earned his space in the NBA for this generation. Then once, that, once those comments generated traction and people started to clown Gobert, Then Shaq posts on Instagram, I would have had 45 points, 16 rebounds, 10 missed free throws in three quarters. He would have had 11 points, four rebounds, and fouled out in three quarters. I'm a G. So once you you start to see, you know, Shaq going in this direction towards Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert actually took the high road. 
and didn't really indulge Shaq in his uh, insults towards his game. He more so just uh, his his comments were along the lines of he's going to focus on his career and he's all for anybody who beat the odds. He's going to continue to beat the odds and, you know, live his life, which is the high road and respectful. But at the same time, you mentioned Dwight Howard. The Dwight Howard, you know, criticisms really came from a slam dunk contest in which Kenny Smith started to call Dwight Howard Superman after uh, his Superman dunk in which he flew from the from the free throw line with the Superman cape and the S on his chest, which was really all theatrical for the dunk contest that turned into a whole who's the real Superman, blah, blah, blah. Listen, Dwight Howard is an accomplished Hall of Fame player as well. He was a great defensive player. He was a great rim runner from end to end. He used his athleticism, averaged 20 points for close to eight years. Uh, I think he has, what, five seasons over 20 points. He never was really a great scorer, but he was always super athletic. Yeah. But And in Stan Van Gundy's system in Orlando, he was able to get to two Eastern Conference finals, one final, which they lost to the Lakers and Kobe Bryant. Um and he called out a niche for himself in the NBA. Now, because he at the time he was the best center in the NBA, he wanted a little more. He bit off a little more than he could chew, going to the Lakers, then going to Houston. After that, he became a journeyman. So he's obviously not Shaquille. But he wasn't trying to be Shaquille. He was just trying to be Dwight. Mm-hmm. And to your point about Shaq being a bully, Shaq picks and chooses who he wants to attack because he knows that they can't really hold a candle to him. Yeah. But argument can be made. You don't ever see Shaq do this versus his peers or people that he knows is clearly better than him or maximize their potential a little bit more than he did. Yeah. Um, I think your point you made earlier about him not necessarily being focused, if you go back to the mid-90s, you go to 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, once Shaq's profile started to you know, take off in a, from an entertainment standpoint, that took a lot from his his game on the floor. He was often injured, and many people questioned his commitment to being the absolute, the absolute best. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can dominate physically. You're bigger than everyone. And mm-hmm. from a game-to-game perspective, you probably will get your numbers. But as mm-hmm. you go deep into the playoffs, are you going to be durable enough to finish at a high level? Are you going to be able to, you know, get this team over the hump, whether it be Orlando or the Lakers at the time? So seeing how his career really came full circle once Phil Jackson came and he finally got his MVP, finally got to the championship in which he was able to win and go on that run from 2000 to 2002, it's almost like revisionist history in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely well said. Um, and <clears throat> you speak about revision history well, right? Um, I think after the fact, folks aren't able to like scope in on on some of the things that 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 others others know, right? Or others are aware of. For example, um, we kind of look we kind of look deeply at folks' career and know the ins and outs and stuff, right? But in in retrospect, when you have four rings, um, three in the dominant fashion that that he has, folks brush over um some of the some of the not so um, dominant moments that people have had, right? So you speak about, I think one year in Orlando, Shaq did like a 20, like a, a high, like a 20 or 29, right? He, he went, he, and after that, it took him about four seasons to, to, to relive that in, in, in Los Angeles, right? It took 2000 um, when, when Shaq came over and Shaq had motivated him, right? And for this year, I want like a beast. I don't want the rap music, the videos, none of that, right? So um, Shaq is someone who, as talented as he was, right, really had to be pulled over like this hump or, or be motivated. Um, his numbers were always great, right? There's times where it, it actually wasn't as great as people would assume, but he was always this great player in this great space, right? But um, when Mike left, Mike left the vacuum, right? Um, and Shaq should have already been approaching that best player status, right? But he allowed someone to come in younger and take it from him, if if only momentarily. Someone has had the crown in between where Shaq finally got together, right? Um, and even through those those three back-to-back seasons, right? Um, the Lakers had a habit of ending the season well, right? But Shaq would come in, he wouldn't be in shape, shape, 
he would miss some games for folks for injuries that people people will argue aren't the most debilitating injuries. Um, he miss a lot of games. Um, Kobe would have to have to do the 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 the, the heavy lifting for from a lot, a lot of season. They go to the playoffs. He'll be good in series, dominate when he needed to. But in the finals, the finals would come and he'll just be like perhaps the second or third best final player that we've seen. Right. Um, they win the championship in, in in dominant fashion. Oftentimes, no more than no more than the five games. Um, two time, um, one time, one time a sweep, one time a sweep, and he'll be in front of MVPs. But if you look in between, you check, you see some blemishes there, right? Um, and you see times where, like you said, he goes at a lot of folks, right? And remember a few years ago in freestyle by Kobe, um, he was like he went at Patrick Ewing, right? He also he also man went at Kareem, right? Right. Um, yeah. but he didn't, he didn't mention some name. Right, so, right, yeah. and and I, I I think a lot of that had to do with you use Patrick Ewing. You know Patrick Ewing doesn't have rings. Yep. You use Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because Kareem is not as popular as you. Uh -huh. and, and while you might feel you're more physically imposing than Kareem, you weren't the better player. And better. if people were able to, like you said, have you know uh, the memory recall and really could break it down in a way, they would have called them out on that. But yeah. I think in a lot of ways, especially when it comes to Kobe, yeah, they're obviously with Kobe passing, you know, rest in peace. They've been they were able prior to his death to mend a lot of the uh, animosity that was there while they were in at the height of their playing days and a little bit after. Uh, but it was more one sided. Kobe was always, to his credit, always really direct about what his criticisms were about Shaquille, mm -hmm. whereas Shaquille for as great as he was, to your point, had to coexist with Kobe in ways that many people don't really recognize because Shaq was so dominant in the finals. Yep. Because he wasn't in shape, because uh, he struggled from the free throw line, and because at times he was a bit insecure, Kobe was had to be the one to be the, the stable one while Shaq got in shape, while mm -hmm. Shaq uh, couldn't really close in the in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Kobe was there. Kobe was the one that you know complimented him enough to make sure they won. Kobe, understanding that, wanted more credit. He might have went about it the wrong way mm -hmm. uh, towards the end of their tenure together. Uh, that that Detroit Pistons finals was just a horrible performance from Kobe. But in his mind, he knew that he put in way more work than he got credit for. And mm -hmm. Shaq just wasn't committed to the level that he believed he should have been. Mm -hmm. Kobe's standards might be a little bit far-fetched any, for anybody, but mm -hmm. he understood the, the magnitude that Shaq could have played at. Yep. And, and he constantly challenged that. Shaq didn't like that. Yep. So once Kobe lost in 2008, he made it a point to make a freestyle and let everybody know that, yeah. you know, how I be last week, Kobe couldn't do it without me. Yeah. Now, at this point, how many years removed has Shaq been from the Lakers? That was this, this is 2008. He's yeah. four years removed. He already yeah. had won a championship without the Lakers. And then what ended up happening? Kobe ended up winning two championships removed from Shaq. And mm. when he won the championship with the Celtics, he let it be known at the press conference that I got one more than Shaq. Yep. So to... to that little tip for tap with each other really, you know, manifested a certain way. But I say all that to say that your point about Shaq having to be motivated, Shaq having to be put over that hump as a great player or a truly supreme player, you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to be because yeah. you already have your own standards. But Shaq showed us before Phil that he was really comfortable, you know, getting his 26 points a game. He'd uh -huh. average 12, you know, he might play 60 games. Uh, but in the end, 60 out of 82, if people see you enough, they won't remember that you missed 22 games. Nope, nope, and, nope. and if you're going deep into the playoffs, yeah, you might lose, but nobody remembers the games you missed in the regular season. But here's the thing. They were getting swept by the Utah Jazz. They were getting swept by the San Antonio Spurs. They're losing in the semifinals. You know, these teams that he's on has Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel. You got all this talent. You know, in 1998, they have four All-Stars on that Laker team. They're losing. What's the reason? Now, many will tell you, hey, 
Kobe wasn't ready to, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't ready to ascend at that point, which he wasn't. But you still had enough records of talent, Eddie Jones, Cedric Zabalas, all these different Lakers that Definitely. could have contributed in a way to where they should have been better than getting swept. You get what I'm saying? Glenn, Glenn Rice one year. <laughs> right. Now, now Glenn, Glenn, came, Glenn came in 99. Yep. So he's there for two years by the time they win that, that chip in 2000. But I, when you look at what Shaq had to, what had to be done to get Shaq to focus, the same can be said, the same, the same things that Phil Jackson had to do to get you to focus are the same issues that Dwight had to some degree. Yep. You know, while you doing movies and rapping and doing all these different things, yes, you can do all these things and still average 26 points, but mm-hmm. you're, you're nowhere near the best player in the NBA. So that's the issue. So for, for Shaq to move the way that he is, um, having four championships, he achieved, he achieved the team success necessary to be in the conversations with the all-time greats, yes. But individually, when you're looking at a LeBron who has four MVPs, you got a Michael Jordan five, you got a Tim Duncan with two. Uh, Kobe only got one. Obviously, they're going to fight with each other and take votes away from each other, so they both ended up getting one. But in between them getting one, you got Steve Nash getting two. You got, you got uh, I, I mentioned Duncan's two. You got, um, obviously, for this generation, there's not many players that are getting more than two now. You got mm-hmm. Steve, you got uh, Stephen Curry and Giannis. They haven't gotten two, but Shaq should have been individually in a space yeah. to get at least two, two to yeah. three. That's how dominant, from an individual standpoint, he actually was. So, you know, for 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 me to see what he does against like Dwight and Rudy Gobert and and, and just others. Um, when he critiques, you know, uh, uh, Joel and B, yes, you have the cachet to say what you say, but when pushed, when when push, when pushing the right buttons, you you really showing who you really are on the inside, and yep. sometimes it's not it's not the best. It ain't the best at all, right? Um, and yeah, I'm just just looking back at it, it's like, I guess legends have this way about them that they they can they can analyze the critique in a way that others probably don't have the, the credibility to do so, but remember what you were. Remember the season coming out, out of shape. Remember that you struggled and had a poor diet also, right? Um, um, remember those are things. You were still able to win to to, to win um, in, in spite of that, but um, you 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 weren't easy. You were head case also, right? Coaches didn't have, a, have an easy time with you as well. Right? Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, so it's 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 really no different. It's just that you're more naturally talented than than these guys, so you do better. But you have the issue missing games. Um, the, the, a lot of things you critique. You were also kind of guilty of yourself. So. Now you mentioned you mentioned the natural talent. Now because he was, I mean, from a physical pre, from a physical press standpoint, it's probably in the history of the game only probably three players that have been. Uh, the physical freak of nature that he's he, that he has been at their position. Mm-hmm. You got him, LeBron, and let's say I mean Zion, maybe. You Some know say I mean? it, um, but like comp- comp- comparative to his time. Right. Well, you know, but I, I was just saying more new generation. Modern. But I mean, obviously, okay, modern, for sure, yeah. So, you know what so. I mean? But okay. I mean, but relative to that, you know, because he was so big, he could rely on that. Do you? Yep. Would you say that him relying on that is the reason he didn't live up to his potential individually? Or do you think that he worked on his game enough the way you can say, or for, at the latter stage of his career, where you can say uh, he, he became a, a more well-rounded player? I mean, I think even early on, right, he, he had, besides his size, I think what makes him special was a combination of like, size and agility, right? Like Shaq could really move. You think about some of the the, the footwork, the drop steps, the spin moves, right? Um Shaq Shaq can move also. Um he in the early years he slowed he definitely slowed down defensively, right? And rebounded if you want to be honest. Um so I, I think he I think he always had a pretty polished game, right? I'm not sure if his game needed more work. I think he needed work. 
Like um, men, I, mentally. Yeah, I think his issue was being it was being committed, and I think he was too satisfied with the fact that he knew that he could come in 10, 15 pounds overweight in the season start, and he'll still get twenty seven on folks, right? And, and he'll still be really difficult to guard. So, um, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know how many seasons he went home and says, nah, today I'm locking home. I'm locking in. I think when the season the season broke or ended, he was like, "That's my break, right?" And he was like, "I'll play ball again. It's time to play ball," as opposed to you know, as opposed to doing it. And that's 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 always how I, I look at I look at Shaq as someone who did that. Now, relative to this generation and your players now, do you yeah. think there are players that have that? Do do you see that there are players that are like that at this stage right now? I think that because of um because of like the tales of Mike, Kobe, and LeBron being so publicized, like we, we see it. I, I do think there's like a thing where where, where players want to be durable, right? And, and you see them and, and like fitness and being in shape on that are like so, so much of a trend. I think players just spend a lot more time um, doing that because one, um, it's, it's, it's the cooler thing to do. Um, I say that like, like with the asterisk, but it's just, we all know that like staying in shape and health is just a cooler thing. Um, now it, it, it's like it's a commodity. But also, I think um because of like the Mike's Kobe and LeBron, folks like nah, I really gotta get into something, right? Like I really gotta work. So I do think I want to say the best of the best probably have a better work ethic than the best of the best back then, right? Um, did even someone like a James Harden, right? Who um folks say that sometimes he doesn't come in in the best shape, right? I mean, I I think this is the, this, is the, this is the only year where he really came in overweight, overweight. He always had a habit of being a little husky, right? But um, James really hoops in the summertime, right? So I don't think folks ever said that he does in summertime. He, he does nothing, right? Just this past summer, um, he, yeah, he, he really, he, he, um, this past summer, he just got, probably, probably don't want to be in Houston without it. But I think for the most part, folks do, um, for young kids now do a better, um, do a better job at um, preparing for the long haul, right? Of um, going home, licking your wounds, it's time to work again, right? I think we just, and we see a lot more. I think also the scope is on folks. So I think um, it's harder to go for the floor under the radar as before, right? Like people see you in the summer. So if you in La Marina or summer, you're not in the gym, people gonna see it like, yo, we're practicing, right? You trying you trying to win, right? So I think it's a lot easier to get called out for these for these type type of things um, than it was in the past. Well, I mean, I think that at its core is the reason why you see it way more now. You know, mm-hmm. play players just being more in tune with you know having open runs together. They're working out together. You might see you know uh, LeBron and uh, you know Carmelo, Harden. They mm-hmm. they'll do open runs. Well, not more so LeBron. I never really seen LeBron in a lot of open runs, but he's popped out every now and then. Yep. But I'm just saying, you you you're more inclined to see players you know, together playing and trying to motivate each other versus, you know, in the 90s, early 2000s, look, you got a game, we'll be over there, but you won't see the cameras like you do now. No, so, no. Um, that in and of itself could have could have helped Shaq a, yeah. l- a little bit more, but I think just you saw in the previous generations, a lot of players like Allen Iverson, Mm-hmm. Shaq, uh, you know, Lamar Odoms plays with a men's talent. Yeah. Men's talent. There's this, there's this cloud of what could have been. Now, for us, we can break down whether a player maximized relative to what they should have been. Mm-hmm. And then you got many who say, well, yeah, they did this, but we think they could have did this relative to those that have achieved. Mm-hmm. So if you compare, you know, Kobe and Tim Duncan, they yeah. completely maximized what they were supposed to do. Yeah. No questions asked. They won the championships. They got the individual accolades. Yeah. And they were committed in a way that people are receptive to. Then you got somebody like Allen Iverson, who I think maximized everything that he possibly could have been. Yeah. Right? But argument could be made that he didn't like to practice. Yeah. Well, practice is relative because... Yes, the style in which Larry Brown wanted him to practice, he probably didn't practice like that. But if you're telling me that a guy can play that way or have those habits and still play 20, 42 minutes, what level of commitment does he really have if he's playing 42 minutes for a decade plus? So I'm saying for him, 
I think he did, but there's questions there. So I think for a lot of that mid-90s, early 2000s generation, there's a lot of talent, but they, they didn't achieve to the level anywhere near what this new generation has, has done. Um, but there's also a lot of misconceptions about players from that generation that achieved a lot relative to what you said, too, about, you know, yeah, they won, but when we peek through and look at the flaws, it's a little bit different. So I wanted to talk to you about some of those misconceptions, specifically with Shaquille. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've been on this train for some time now, right? I'm even for, <coughs> for a while. And, you know, it's sometimes narratives get started, right? And I think some folks can differentiate between like narratives and, and, and truth. But for example, everyone knows that people will say the Spurs were boring to watch right back in the day, right? And I think some of that, um, I think some people believe that so much, not saying it wasn't true that they, um, they ended up discrediting how good those Spurs were and particularly how good Tim Duncan is, right? Um, Tim Duncan is a top seven player of all time, right? I've heard folks argue five, right? Um, I think he's comfortably in the six, in the six seven range, right? Um, I get into a debate the other day, right? And to me, this is kind of blasphemous. No, no respect to Kevin Garnett, right? But I don't think Kevin Garnett is anywhere near Tim Duncan, right? I think, right. I think that's like, I think I will close my eyes and pick Tim 20 out of 20. I don't think it's close at all, right? And, 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 and it doesn't have anything to do with talent. It's not no. a talent thing. No, yeah, but not a, just, not a talent thing. But um, because you think you think that Kevin Garnett, it took him about, and we could argue the age thing was a thing, right? KKG, of course, came from. From high school, right? But um, TD did three years, um, three years in school. But T to me, um, Kevin Gar Kevin Garnett isn't on rookie Tim Duncan level until about four or five, right? If you ask me, and some may say later. Um, so got into a big debate, folks are saying that um, it's it's close. It, they're the same. The only difference is is if you remove teams. I'm like, nah, it's 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 more than that. Tim Duncan is just a little more of a of a, of a solid killer, right? Um, there's small things. KG, while why uh, while he's a superstar, I'm I'm not sure that he's a go-to guy, right? Um, um, I and I know that sounds that sounds interesting, and some may not get it, but I think that you need more to put you over the hump, especially with scoring. Um, then then you you have to put more. I think you have to put more around KG to get what you would get out of Tim Duncan. Folks, some didn't think about how the Spurs were always loaded. Um, they weren't, right? We know that Tim Duncan is the first pick because Dave Robinson, who was already old, breaks his back, right? So D Rob comes in at 24 years old because he did two years in in in, in the Navy. Comes comes in, has an excellent rookie year, right? But um, because of his age, um, age in the schooling, he he was what he was, but. And like most of 96, 97, he's done, right? Um, especially once he gets the injury. He was still good in, in the um in the in the mid mid nineties. I believe the Spurs have a number one seed, um, um maybe around ninety-five, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but when he's done, he curses back. That's a big injury. He's done, right? So Tim is in year two, and Tim comes in, right, and takes them all the way to the championship. Now, some people, including Shaq, cry lockout, right? Well, um, I hate those kind of things because we the lockout, we all played, right? It's not like I played more games than you, right? Everybody had had the lockout. I would think that experience, um, experienced players would do better from a, a, a certain season than a younger player, right? Because you don't have, you have a smaller margin for forever if, if you have to get, you have to get together um, um, sooner. Tim meets LA um, in the second round, I believe, sweeps mm -hmm. them. Right, sweeps them. Um, I think he does twenty nine and eleven, roughly. Right. Um, this is and the next spur doesn't do, does like thirteen point eight. Sean Elliott. Um, they're does thirteen. So this miss the second that he's always had a squad. Um, the Lakers had three guys scoring over eighteen points. Shaq, Kobe, Robinson. Right. Um, if, if you look at the numbers, I think Shaq made it a twenty three. Number six, twenty three and a half. Um, Tim did a twenty nine. So Tim really gets him. Right. Like 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 really gets him. Um, and this happened. A lot during those years. Um, when LA and San Antonio faced off, oftentimes Tim outplayed Shaq. Uh, there was a year where Kobe absolutely went crazy against the Spurs, right? Two thousand one. And and yeah, and it was just like, whoa! I believe he may have back to back forties, if, if I'm not mistaken. He, he did a forty eight or something. He did forty eight, forty six. Yeah, right. Like crazy, right? But 
Tim is right there with Shaq, right? Then in 03, I think 03 may be Tim's finest series, arguably, right? Lakers. He's like really just took them apart. Like, like we really just went another level in them. Sent the Lakers home. A lot of Lakers played on the bench crying, right? Then goes on and has the monster series against New Jersey. So um <clears throat> also two MVPs. Tim is someone who who's never had to get in shape. Um, he's done a multitude of different things, whether it be running, yoga, um, or 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 I think he um Muay um Muay Thai, if I'm thinking. So Tim was someone who was always in shape, right? So he was also he was extremely durable. Um, <clears throat> people harp, harp on the Spurs started this new trend of um of resting. That took that started really really late, right? Um, it started really late and it didn't happen as often as as we think, right? Um. Tim, they were still getting over 70 games out, out of 10. So I think people really wanted the narrative that this first started the resting their players' things and it, it took it down to the rest of the league. Um, Tim was still playing, right? Big men typically um, wear out faster than guards, right? So um, for someone to go full throttle playing 90 games like that, um, I think it was, it was in the best interest that they did that. And when player of time come, the Spurs are always ready to play. Now, they did hover between really deep runs and, and, and early exits, but Tim ended with five, right? Five championships. Led was was the best player, really, for de- definitely for four, right? So four and a half, I want to say, and got three final MVPs, right? So, um, yeah, Tim, from from 99 to 05, the NBA player, the best player in the league was vacant, right? It, it wasn't really a person. But if you had to argue with somebody, Tim has the best case because he has three rings in that time frame, right? Three rings, two MVPs, right? And did it with his with three different Spurs franchises, right? So I, yeah, I I think Tim's someone who fully masterized, right? And and a lot of things Shaq says, like where he said the lockout season didn't really count. You played the lockout season too, Shaq. So had you had you won a championship, are you still saying it, it doesn't count? Then you're saying Tim is not a big. Well, um, who was guarding Tim when he was doing his 29, right? Why didn't you switch up for him? Um, it's just all these theories are meant to really, like, change how people see certain things, knowing that Tim Duncan is the one who doesn't talk. So, so right. he's never going to respond. But his head, like, Tim's like, this guy know, knows who I was. Like, he, he knows he knows what happens. Um, so I think it's really a misconception that um, if you talk loud enough and you talk often enough, people um, put you at, place you at a place higher than you probably should be. And, and if you're quiet and silent, um, and don't have the flashiest style, people underrate you. And I think that's the case of Shaq and Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is at least two to three spots higher than Shaq, right? Um, but, but, but people tell you that Shaq is easily better. So, well, and, and that and that and that goes to when it goes to the 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 talent thing, mm-hmm. the the natural gifts that Shaq had, he applied, mm-hmm. and you can see it more more mm-hmm. easily. Like you'll have somebody tell you. Like more more recently, uh, a couple of weeks ago, before the uh, the start of the season, there was a there was a, a meme going around questioning mm-hmm. who who was better, Tim Duncan or Anthony Davis, right? And yeah. you started to see people, um, you started to see a lot of traction built up going towards Anthony Davis, more so off of the perception of talent. And I think that it's uh, good. right, it's more so the aesthetic uh, and what people value. So when you look mm-hmm. at when you look uh, when you look at Shaquille, because he was so physically imposing, and you can see it over and over and over again. He's dunking over over Chris Dudley, pushing him on the ground. He's he's dunking over David Robinson and throwing him and throwing him into the stanchion. You know what I mean? He looks so unguardable in the highlights and the clips. It's like who's gonna stop this guy? When in reality, a lot of those clips you're showing, those Laker teams weren't getting to the championship. Mm-hmm. Now when it now to your point about his finals performances when he was destroying the Kimmy Matumbo, Rick Smith, uh, Tom McCullough, and Aaron Williams, and, and, and those guys, yes. In those series, in those specific moments, he was outrageous. You couldn't do anything with him. But in totality of a season, there's a lot of times where players, even not not the big, like the center, but you know, power forwards or top-tier big men, Played outperformed him in certain series. So mm-hmm. when you see Carl Malone outperform him or, or Tim Duncan or you get what I'm saying, that's not a mistake. Nope. You know what I mean? Those guys are talented too. So it's just more so the aesthetic that gets Shaq over the hump yep. from for, for this, you know, 
recent generation that ranks him so high. You got players that say, oh, he's the best center ever. They'll put him in the top in their top five in terms of lineup. They'll they'll go with him over like Hakeem or Kareem. And I'm like, that him and Hakeem is really, really debatable. Yeah. They're both in eight to eleven phase. Right. Right. Um, so it's 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 the small things, right? And and you said it well. Um you take someone like Kevin McCall, right? Who you could argue is amongst the most skilled players of the 80s easily, right? No one will ever bring him up, right? And that's because he's on a pay, he, he's he's on a block faking folks out their shoes, right? But um it isn't as it isn't as flashy as doing a drop of someone and dunking on him and bringing the house down, right? Um, Folks do talk about the dream shake, right? But I think even that's kind of seen in a way of, oh, he finessing him, right? Um, It's not the same kind of slow build um, kind of footwork that that Tim and Kevin would catch you off of. So um, whenever I think that the talent or, the, or what you're best at looks more, looks um, easily to catch by the eye, I think you're just likely to get to, to get more underrated, right? Um, And Tim is a really great defender, a better defender than Shaq, right? Um, Really good post defender. Um, probably never averaged the amount of blocks that Shaq did, but as um very very much as good defender Shaq was better most likely, right? Um, so better a better rebounder definitely, right? Um, and no one's a scorer that 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 Shaq is, right? But when we talk about playoff series, right? If you need if you need someone to crank it up or not to take you from twenty six to twenty eight, Tim has shown that 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 he can do that now again. Um, Shaq has a habit of like just prominent points, right? Like Shaq has a thirty-eight point series, right? So no one doesn't get, no one doesn't score as easily and um and forcefully as Shaq does. But you're talking about impact on the overall basketball game. Um, Tim is right up there with the most impactful big men of all, if not impactful players of all time. So um, yeah. I mean, when you think about when you think about this generation mm-hmm. and going forward, obviously you're not gonna have uh. Shaquille type player and I think that's the that's the trappings that Dwight fell into mm-hmm. because he was the most physically imposing big people mm-hmm. wanted him to be Shaq yep. people wanted him to have that type of impact and he didn't really have the skills to do that nope. he, he's, his skills were very limited if you didn't set him up off alleys or putbacks he didn't really score he had this nope. little he had his little uh Sweet sweeping hook that he used to do off the glass, which yeah. got him to you know 22 points a game. That's the most he could have done. Um, a face up that he goes left and spins back right, right, which is cool, right? But um, he doesn't have a really nuanced um array of moves. Right now you have, I, I bring up this generation because Shaq ha- has been very very critical about the separation of big and power forward. But you mm-hmm. have so many centers now that are so skilled that. Yes, they won't be you physically, but you do have centers that are equally as impactful mm-hmm. in a different way. So you got like a Jokic. Jokic will turn yeah. around. Nikola Jokic, who's not even 25 yet, is having series in games sometimes where he'll do 35, 15, and 7. Yeah. And, and then you got a Joel Embiid who, in a lot of ways, is very – his 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 game is not – Shaq, but just the deficiencies and flaws that he has, it kind of yep. mirrors Shaq, you know, mm-hmm. from a durability, being in shape, uh, motivation. And Google th- a little bit, yeah. Right. Things that, you know, you would you would throw to Shaq in his younger days. Yep. And beat is all of that, plus he's supremely skilled. And beat so more second right, definitely. Right. So you wanna you wanna uh you wanna see him get to those points too but he had the potential to do it you we've seen the 28 and 13 year from him so he's shown what he can do it's just about can he do it all the time you know there's there's coaching now he he, the coaching change you got doc rivers there can he be that so um i say all these names to to bring it to you know can it be can there be a center in your opinion that can have the shack like impact just in a different style of game um, I think Joe Joel Embiid would be the the one, right? Someone who really physically physically imposing, right? But but unlike Shaq, can step out and 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 hit the outside shot, right? Um, Joel Embiid is bigger than most fours and fives, right? Just from like a width perspective, um, really good footwork also, um, and can be physically imposing. So I think 
I think he's probably the closest mode if you minus the outside shot, right? Which is which is only the case because this um we we're in such a different era of basketball. But um if, if we're talking about that I means size and skill and agility, I think I think Joel is probably the person and he fished that because also he's a goofball, right? Doesn't have the best diet, comes in comes in a little overshaped, right? Also not the most durable, right? Um the only thing is Shaq was able to get past the durability. Um Joel sometimes is gone is going for the playoff. Or, or at least close to it, right? So I think he probably fits Shaq's Shaq mode the best. And you're wondering if somebody like Doc, right, who's known to be a good motivator, but probably couldn't motivate Blake, Blake Griffin, right? So, um, but but Doc is known to be a player's coach, right? So, um, so 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 hopefully you you figure that flips flips the switch, um, in 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 Joel Ob and Beat. Now, what do you now? What are your thoughts on? his distinction between big and center because the same in the same breath we got like a Giannis. Giannis is a, a whole seven feet. Yeah. All his points are on the interior. Yeah. And he's super duper durable. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the most skill per se, mm-hmm. but he's guaranteed for 27 to 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. He's a huge rebounder. And while he doesn't have the back to the basket, you know, prowess of a Hakeem or the footwork of a Shaq, he does make it a point to dominate and get inside. And if he had the requisite complementary pieces that Shaq has had over his career, maybe we can see him go to spaces that, you know, he hasn't been to yet. Yeah, um, I, I think the, the distinction just wasn't, wasn't necessary, right? Um, because I think to me, when I think about big, I don't think about position for the center, I think about where you do most of your damage from, right? Particularly starting from. So um, Tim is a four, right? But as we know, Tim played the center and made it all made first team in center sometimes, right? Um, once me, once you operate on on any side of the block, I, I think you're a big, right? You 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 a traditional big, right? And that could be four or five, right? I think um the 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 biggest difference in big now so back in the day you have someone like a fly d rock who would step out right occasion occasion right or um uh adidas a bonus right who was a, a post a post big but also um somebody who could do a little more than that for the most part um bigs were bigs whether you were a four or five so i don't you understand the, the distinction he's making right i do think that some guys do a lot more guard or oriented stuff than the bigs in the past but once you're on the block, whether you're a four or five, I think you're a big. So I don't, I don't know what the attempt at doing that was for. Um, I do wonder his motivation for that because that was a little odd. Well, maybe it could be the comparisons of certain players he feels might be getting too much attention from him, okay. taking taking too much attention away from him. So yep. he he separates it as a yeah. Oh, you're saying Tim Duncan is a big? No, he's not a big. I'm yeah. I'm the best big. When people might say, well, Tim is better than you. So the distinction could be to separate himself from Tim and likes of Tim because he knows they might be better. But if he says they're not centers, then they can't be compared to me. Yeah. Then that's the that allows him to have his full space as as Shaq. You know what I mean? I think Tim is on his head a lot. Right. Um. Well, well. What are your thoughts on like a Zion? Zion is six six, but he's really big, yeah. and yeah. all of his work is predicated on the interior. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm definitely a height person, right? So while he's big, he operates there. Um. I still see him as like a. I, I call him an undersized, uh, undersized big baby, right? Um, I, I do think he has, I do think he has some perimeter skills that's kind of underrated. Like, I think he can take somebody from like 18 feet and, and get to the rack. So Zion to me is a little different. I just, I just have a block in my head where I can't look at somebody less than six nine, six ten as a big. Okay. Um, so, so that's my, that's just my personal take on it, right? Not saying that it's, it's completely correct, but once you're a certain height, like six six is is a guard, right? Like a legit guard height. So um, regardless of what you do, right? I still can't see you as a big, even if you, like like somebody like a Montrez Howard, right? He operates down there, right? But um, I consider them like kind of like 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 someone playing under this side but still really getting the job done, right? 
like a poor Millsap back in the day or Elton Brand even, right? Um, so you don't I, consider you don't consider Elton a big? I consider him a, a big, but an undersized big, right? So mm-hmm. I don't compare him with other bigs, right? Like I, I wouldn't say compare Elton and Tim, right? Because mm-hmm. Tim is just, just a little different. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So, what is for the for the future generation of bigs? What do you think? Where do you think the game is going, and where do you think they can improve or probably incorporate that? Maybe they're not doing so as much right now. I think there was a time where it looked like bigs were really stepping away from playing low at all, right? I do think they've gotten back to that, right? So, um, I do think you see bigs who are definitely shoot threes and a decent bit, but are also willing to pitch you in the block and put a move on you, right? Um, so and I think that's really present in someone like an Embiid, um, a Joker, um, in some sense, in some sense, uh, uh, AD, although he looks a lot more hybrid now, and I'm not sure if he likes banging at all, or and some and someone like a like a Towns, right? So I think I think I think Bigs as of late have gotten better at mixing it up, right? Um, showing you the range and and the, and and the, and the ability to take some out of the dribble, also um getting the pose and banging with folks. So um I, I think I like where big men are. I think there's there's a few years where you was like, yo, there's no centers, right? Like, right. I think they took away the position right at the Oslo game, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right, but a lot of that could be traced back to Shaquille. Yeah, right. Be- because when the when the dominant was when the when the center was prevalent mm-hmm. in the nineties, Shaq was one Shaq was one of the best centers. Mm-hmm. He was the best center. You had you had Shaq, you had Shaq, you had Patrick, you had David Robinson, you had Hakeem. Then going into the two thousands, once those older generation centers retired, there was only Shaq. Mm-hmm. Or well, not necessarily retired, but when they were getting old and washed up, there was only Shaq. Then when they retired, you you had like Yao Ming coming in, who kind of mirrored the future generation of centers. He had a lot of perimeter skills. He still banged inside. He had a lot of. He had a good uh, over the shoulder. He had a good good footwork. His whole thing was durability. So yeah. he he couldn't really challenge Shaquille for no. best big men to the level that many people anticipate. So yeah. once Shaq got older, there was no centers that could follow in his footsteps. Nope. Right? And that's where you're saying it completely dropped off the map. There was no center to compete with each other. Or nope. when they were coming in, they were more so stressed the floor. Louis, I mean, you had centers, you had centers that were 6'9". Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, a small ball also has something to do with that. Definitely. Right. Martin Gotats. Yeah. You know, guys like that that were playing the center, but they weren't really back to the basket or imposing their will inside. You still had to be tall for rebounding and things like that, but just more so how you play. Yep. But now to your point about this future generation and how they have the skills necessary to stretch the floor and be a part of this new generation and be a part of this way because they have the skill set necessary to bang inside and get things done, it, it revamped the whole position. So I think going forward, we could have some more skills and you see the likes of like a, a Wiseman over there in Golden State. Yeah. He be- he didn't he barely played any college basketball and he's coming in NBA like ready right now. Yeah, yeah. He looks good, right? And and can do both. Right. Yeah, good. So I think the future is bright. I think Shaq needs to be more receptive to yeah. the future. And just because it's not like you and how you played or how you got things done, uh you can't be the old guy on my line saying back in my day. Cause after a while, people tune you out. And it just it doesn't look good on your legacy. That's just over the corny when you aren't susceptible and I mean to to things are different. Like um I could say it forever and criticize kids about how what they do, right? But these kids in many ways are um some say they're less resourceful, right? But they can just do things and they have a savvy about them that we just didn't at this age, right? And we can we can debate the reasons for that, right? But um, you got you got 11, 12 year olds making making thousand dollars a month off TikTok and YouTube, right? So um, the ground was different, but I think you still have to give credit where credit is due. And if folks figure out a way to get it done, that's different than yours, right? That that doesn't mean um less than less than, right? Um, it's different. So I think Shaq needs to get in the mode of just like it ain't the same, but diamond is worse. So. Right. I mean, not to veer up before we get out of here. It's it's almost similar to like people who criticize, you know, players who have 
who have relationships with players. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and you see it way more now because of social media. It's like, oh, social media yeah. killed the game, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah. listen, they're still competitive. Really competitive. They still want to win. And yeah. when you get on the floor, you still can get it done. Has it changed? Yes. But in a lot of ways, too, there were players that were friends with each other and you never saw it. So just you know because, it, right? because you never saw it, you were able to sell the story differently when they uh-huh. got on the floor. And you have the the rivalries and how much they hate each other. Meanwhile, yeah. they were they best friends. You know, when when Will Chamberlain used to come to, I mean, um, when Bill Russell used to come from Boston to New York, he used to sleep at Bill Russell's house. I mean, yeah. he used to sleep at Will Chamberlain's house, and yeah. vice versa. When 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 uh, Will was in Boston, he'll go to Will Ch- he'll go to Bill Russell's house. Yeah. They are they were the best of friends. But on the floor, Bill Russell didn't cut him no slack. I'm sure, and I'm sure Will Chamberlain, although he didn't win like yeah. he should have against the Celtics, mm-hmm. he definitely gave the Celtics a lot of buckets, a lot of rebounds, and all of that. Go. So yeah. it's just it's just a different way to go about it, but they're still competitive. And Mike and Pat were cool off the court, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. Mike was girlfriend with everybody, right? He was Charles, all of them. Um, we know that he was still with the Celtics prior to getting them 60, right? So, so I don't see how, how different that is, right? It's different. Right. right. Great points, great points. We, I'm sure, you know, there's going to be more storylines and stuff that come up, so we'll, we'll definitely get back on. But I definitely wanted to get your get your thoughts on where that veered off to with Shaq and Gobert and just the history with Shaquille and yeah. how, how the perception of him has changed since retirement. But thanks for coming on. Thanks for dropping the jewels. We're going to have some more. So, Frank, where can they, meet, where can they uh, get to you and contact you? I'm at Facebook, Frank Tear, my full name. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Enoch is Enoch. Um, E-N-O-C-H at E-N-O-C-H. No, E-N-O-C-H is E-N-O-C-H. So, yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. This is the Gray Area Podcast. You can follow us on uh, Instagram at the Gray Area Podcast. Also, I'm Ask Isaiah, A-S-K-I-S-A-I-H. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at those handles as well. Thanks for tuning in. We'll have this up on iTunes and so many more places. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.